Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Not Just Ghost Stories. I'm your host, Josh, joined by Jackie and Laura. We're a small team of experienced paranormal investigators, and here we are going to discuss different locations that we've investigated, along with a little history and the paranormal evidence that we found. Today, we will be discussing history and evidence about Dunkirk Lighthouse, located on the shores of Lake Erie in Dunkirk, New York. Laura, do you have a little bit of history for us? I do. Dunkirk Lighthouse is located on Point Gratiot in Lake Erie Shore in Dunkirk, New York. Um, in 1790, the first recorded white men came through Dunkirk. They were a party of surveyors. Um, from there, we kind of get the example of Rome was not built in a day. It took them essentially almost 60 years to get the lighthouse to what it is now. So in 1826, the land was donated by Walter Smith. And 1827, the 50-foot conical tower and a one-story keeper dwelling was complete. The light of the lantern was made by Adam Fink and fueled with white well oil that cost $6,000. In 1827, Congress approved funds of $3,000 to build a pier in Dunkirk. In 1837, a pier had beacon was built. The Dunkirk lighthouse keeper was responsible for both. And in 1837, Congress felt the lighthouse was unnecessary and ordered it to be discontinued. This did not go well, and in the same year, it was reinstated. In 1857, it was converted to a Fresnel lens that was imported from Paris. The light was made by Fresnel and cost $10,000. And it still functions in the lighthouse today. In 1875, due to erosion, the lighthouse was in danger of falling into the lake. It was torn down and moved 160 feet west-southwest of the old tower. A keeper's house was constructed and the tower was attached to it with a small passageway. Then in 1876, the tower was squared off to match the house's high Victorian Gothic style. It wasn't until 1896 that running water and sewer were brought into the house and a whole nother several years, 1923, before the electricity showed up. In 1960, the lighthouse was automated. And in 1984, the lease was up on the lighthouse and it was bought by private citizens, Harold and Barbara Lawson. In 18, I'm sorry, in 1985, the Veterans Park Museum was open to the public, which is where it essentially is now. They have a nice museum there. So the paranormal things that have been reported previous to us going in was pictures have been moved inside the lighthouse. Shadowy figures were seen roaming around the grounds. Footsteps have been heard inside the tower and a cold presence has been felt. A young boy in period clothing has also been seen. Could he have been one of the children that drowned in the 1841 Erie steamship disaster? Well, I guess that would be on us to find out. So as we went into the lighthouse, you know, like we said, there was a uh, veterans uh, museum that was uh, put into it. It's on the actual second floor of the lighthouse keeper's house. Um, And then everything else was ran off the first floor. Uh, Jackie, what was your first impressions of kind of just walking onto the property? Uh, It was nice. Didn't get anything you know spooky about it or anything like that um it didn't feel like we were going to encounter anything 
that we had to worry about and stuff. It seemed more like a, it was going to be like a safe ghost hunt and stuff. Okay. And then by safe ghost hunt, you mean you don't think we're going to find anything? That wants to uh, kill us or take our souls or uh, drain our energy or, or give us bad luck or anything like that. We're just going to find people that used to be alive in a certain area that aren't alive anymore, but still may be carrying on their duties from that er era. All right. Well, I mean, overall, I think, you know, it was just an, uh, for on my side, a beautiful place. As we started to kind of go through things, we met the, uh, well, I guess you would say our guide for the night kind of walked us through everything. Uh, really, really nice guy. Um, and as we went through all of that, um, I didn't really get a whole lot of, uh, I don't know how you would say energy pickup, uh, as we walk through everything. What right. would you guys think? Now, I, it kind of felt like, um, like I say, again, going back to just, it's haunted by the people that had their lives there and stuff. And people that are alive are the same. If I come into your house as a stranger, you're not going to be real forthcoming. You're going to, you know, be a little bit reserved. And we get a lot of ghost hunts where the spirits don't manifest or show themselves because they don't know us. So they kind of wait to see what we're going to do, take our measure, and maybe then decide, yes, they're going to engage us or no, they won't engage us. I know for me, what I try to do is when we go in is what kind of equipment are we going to use in this place? And it was really kind of hard to figure out what we're, exactly we we're going to use. We had a lot of uh, issues with wind, especially on the higher parts of the lighthouse. When you get to the top, you can't, you know, really use a lot of EVP uh, or voice phenomenon um, because you're going to just pick up a lot of wind, I think. You wind know. and we were right, uh, pretty darn close to the shores of Lake Erie, which has with wind, it has waves and it has a sound of the uh, of the water plus the birds flying overhead and all that stuff too. Yeah, I knew we were going to have to rely a lot on video uh, if if we could figure out a good way to go about it. I know the lighthouse, you know, Lord, you had some issues. I know Jackie, you had some issues trying to climb to the top of it. It is a it's very atrocious. Yeah, but it is totally worth it once you get up there and out the door. For me, when you're doing something somewhere where there's so many environmental elements factored into especially the sound i just re rely on my feelings i guess you would say okay i mean feelings too you think so jackie we're trying to rely more on that oh yeah there's nothing wrong with uh, relying on feelings matter of fact to me the complete ghost hunt is the scientific methods that we use which are the recorders the the EMF detectors, um, cameras, and all that stuff. But it's also, it's it's reading the energy of the place. And that has, that's personal. That's something that you have to do within yourself. Yeah, yeah. that's why we always start with a walkthrough, usually with, with the guide. And then before we do anything, we then sit down and come up with a plan that we are basing on feelings true i mean we've developed those feelings over uh, i guess a total combined we have 30 40 years between all of us uh we you kind of learn how to jackie figure has all that. the most of those though yeah we'll just put that out there yes but I'm she only, still looks young for her i'm age. only 25 but i had a lot of experience <laughs> now i mean 
again, getting back to equipment, you know, we have the rim pod, uh, which in this case came in very, very handy. Um, we have a, a kid's light up ball that when it moves, it lights up that came in handy. We did get some stuff on, on recording, uh, kind of came across a lot like Morse code. Uh, Jackie, you want to talk about that one? Yeah, we, I was, uh, you and Laura were actually in the dining room. I was in the living room and off the living room was where the, the, uh, the lighthouse keeper actually slept. So he could be there to, you know, if the lantern was down or something like that. And I, you can't go into his room, but it's a half door. So I was watching the shadow movement in there and you and Laura were talking to the possibly little boy or girl in the other room and you came into the living room and you were getting uh, you were doing the live recording, which means that he's recording, but he's also hearing <clears throat> what he's recording and any responses. And you started getting little uh, dots and dashes and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, um, it was pretty cool to hear overall. I mean, it almost sounded electronic in, in the, when I was listening to it live, um, it was really, really hard to get because I would try to look up, you know, Morse code and uh, it was just going so fast. I couldn't really catch it, you know, without having previous knowledge of Morse code. <laughs> I couldn't really you know, understand you would, it. You would wonder why they choose Morse code. But when we're talking about the museum upstairs is, you know, they have all those branches of military. So I think you kind of have to look into things that are attached to objects at that point as well. Well, agreed. And then at the same time with the Age of the Lighthouse, I mean, they probably use telegrams to transfer stuff, but they probably use Morse code also to try to get, you know, hey, we're having an issue or running low on oil. They need it quick. Morse code was one of the faster modes of travel well, and, and getting the word out. And also the lighthouse would need to communicate with a ship. Correct. Perhaps the ship is getting too close. The lighthouse wants to, wants to tell them, Hey, you're too close. Can't you see the light? You, you know, you need to turn left, turn right, or of course in nautical terms and stuff. So. Exactly. Now, you know, Laura, going back to upstairs to the veterans that I, I, I love the veterans part of the museum, uh, upstairs you had each room had its own different branch, uh, army Marines, uh, Navy. They even had uh, one for just world war two, like a, like an area. Um, an original, you know, Nazi flag that was brought back was, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, what else did they have there? Don't forget the coconut bra and the grass skirt. Correct. The, <laughs> I believe that was in the Navy part. That was, yes. Let, let's explain that to everyone else. Why did they have that? That's kind of random if you don't know. It was a tradition that was done as basically like if you would think about hazing, I guess. It had to do with crossing the international date line, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. If you cross the international date line, I guess you got to wear the coconut bra and the grass skirt. Yeah. Now, as far as evidence that we found throughout the whole entire place, uh, there was a lot of footsteps happening. Um, I know going back and listening to the EVPs that we had caught when I had left a recorder downstairs, a lot of times we'll just leave a recorder setting. Uh, I do it a lot where it can just set without anybody in the room, kind of see what's gauging, you know, while we're not there. A lot of times we'll pick up some cool stuff, uh, like a lot of, it sounded like stairs going up and down the stairs because it was in that front room right next to where the stairs are at. Um, so we had a lot of footsteps going that way, some 
banging and stuff that didn't really make sense while nobody was inside the house. I think we recording when fact. you're not there goes back to when Jackie said, you know, they're human beings. We're strangers. Mm-hmm. So when we leave, they just kind of resume their own thing. And, and you got to wonder if they're not meeting somewhere like, what are those people doing? <laughs> well, it just depends. I mean, you have two types of you know, phenomena really, when it comes down to it, you have your intelligent hauntings and your residual. I mean, could it be just somebody walking up and down the stairs that did it on a routine basis? So, you know, it, it, it's hard to tell until you really kind of delve into it. Well, you got to figure the lighthouse keeper went up those stairs at certain points of the day, yeah. every day. So, yeah, I can see where you'd, you'd hear those footsteps at those hours that, you know, what he did in, in life, he's still doing in death. Correct. And now I know that some of the coolest stuff that um, I had happen, and while well, we all three did, I know, Laura, you were in the kitchen. I was in the dining room. Jackie, you were in the living room. Uh, we had the REM pod at the doorway between the dining room and the kitchen. Kept going off like crazy. Even when, when we were not there, uh, we had decided to walk back up into the lighthouse. Um, and it was it was still going off. You could hear it. Um, along with the lighted ball was being played with. Um, I was laying on the floor. I would roll it to them, and they'd, they'd, they'd actually try to roll it back. You could see the, the light actually happening. Which, Which was, was neat. That was the first time we'd ever really experienced any evidence from using that. Yeah. So the way I see it, a lot of this evidence that we got was more seeing stuff and having things happening like that uh, than it was actually going back over evidence. Um, I know we had a trail cam. Yeah, we did. At uh, the set top up of the stairs. At the very top of the stairs at the top of the lighthouse. Uh, we had our body cams. We always wear the body cams just because they're hands-free. Uh, they go in, in dark or light, and uh, pretty much you wear them, and you can forget about them just in case you pick something up. Yep, and then we had this full-spectrum cameras that we uh, take pictures with. It picks up all fields of light, of UV light, and everything else. Uh, Jackie, when you were upstairs in the Veterans Museum, you were doing an experiment. You remember that one? Yeah, we were upstairs, like you said, in the veterans. And, of course, there's four rooms. And in the hallway was for the Vietnam War. I was standing in the hallway about equal distance from each of the four doors. And generally on ghost hunts, the first thing that you always have is your own personal protection. So I always have my own personal protection, and I don't allow anything to touch me on the ghost hunts. But this ghost hunt, being a safe ghost hunt, I broke my own rule, and I said, we're going to play a game. The first one that touches me is the winner. Um, they had to touch me either on, on the, the right or left arm. And I just stood there in the hallway, and Laura and Josh were on the side. Laura was taking pictures and stuff, and we just made it because especially it seems like people that been in war, military people that been in war, they're kind of competitive through the just my limited experience. So I figured they'd like this competition, and uh, that's what we did. And I just stood there and said the first one that touches me is the winner. And there are some unexplained, I guess you would say, blurs. On yeah. the pictures that were that I was using the full spectrum camera, and was just continuously taking them, 
um, while Jackie was doing the experiment because you don't ever know when they are going to pop out. So, well, and in sequence, as you look at them, you can actually watch it move closer and closer to where Jackie was at. Okay, let's, uh, for future reference and stuff, define blurs. Now, are we talking an orb, which is a circular pattern? Are we talking like a streak? Or are we just talking like a amorphous mist? With this one, it would be more of amorphous mist. Okay. Uh, you can almost see a head with a shoulder um, to it, and then it kind of just went flat from there. Uh, so that was, just, you know, that's what we're looking now, at. Now, did you see it at what would be human height or was it higher, lower? Well, there's the angle that everything was being taken from because where Laura was sitting when she was taking the pictures was kind of facing upwards towards you and you could see it in the rooms behind you. So at the angle, it looked like it was shorter, but it wasn't. If you kind of look at it at full, it's, it was more around the five, five mark. Okay as when it was coming towards you just based on the cases and everything else that was inside that room. So, and I, you know, we'll post all of this uh, on our social media um, in order for anybody to see it. And those of you who are just dying to know the Navy one, I did get a touch on, let's see, my left arm was closer to the Navy and I actually got a a first, like a a tap and then a, a grab but not uh, not a nasty grab or anything, just a, enough that I knew that somebody had grabbed my arm. Yeah. Now let's go back to feelings again. Uh, the top of the lighthouse. That, that place was really, really cool, I thought. Um, you know, we got to watch the sunset from that, up there. Yes. See the eagle fly? Saw, we saw, got to see an eagle fly from up there. It was just a nice, for me, relaxing you know, view. You could just walk around the whole entire outside of the lighthouse that had a really sturdy platform, which was pretty cool. Um, but it, you guys started getting feelings of sadness. Uh, it went deeper than, for me, it went deeper than sadness. It was total loss of hope. Like I was just sitting there. I had, we were about seven hours away from home. We were camping. But after this ghost hunt, we would go back, get some sleep, get up the next morning, drive seven hours. And I just remember standing there going, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't, I'm, I'm never going to get them home. I cannot make this drive. I, I just can't do it. Just, just complete and utter lack of hope. Yeah. Lord, you had similar feelings, um, correct? I did for me. Um, being at the top of the lighthouse was, was a lot of emotions. <laughs> when I opened the door, it was, pure nervousness. So once I got out there, I had to kind of stand and process what I was feeling just to try to get that, you know, squared away so I could see what else I was experiencing. But once I had a handle on it and was comfortable up there, it was still, um, maybe the word would be oppression, just no hope. There's no way out completely overwhelmed, no solution in sight. I, for me, I bel- I'm not even for sure if I ever decided if it was a female or a, or a male energy. It just completely down and out. That That's yeah. the only way I could describe it. Now, this was the very beginning of our ghost hunt. Uh, we had started from the very top of the lighthouse. So with that being said, after we had done some investigation at the top of the lighthouse and kind of worked our way down, we decided to take a break. Jackie, at that point, you decided to go inside to 
the the second area it's a it's a newer building where they have a gift shop and everything set up and that's where our host was sitting there for for the time he decided you know to give us some space which was a, a really cool thing by him we invited him he said no it's okay you know you guys enjoy uh you went back and talked to him about seeing if anybody had been up to the top of the lighthouse i did because i felt um i know laura said she didn't get male or female i got a male a young male and i got the impression that he had jumped off the lighthouse i don't know if it was tall enough to kill him or not but uh or even if he had jumped so i went back and i i asked our guide if there had been any um <clears throat> recorded incidences of people jumping off the lighthouse and he just kind of looked at me and smiled and he said there's he says there's nothing that i can show you in print he says but i do get a lot of people that come with the same questions to me and then what did he did he say that there has been rumors or is he it He said there were rumors but he could not validate any of the rumors so nothing in like written history i guess you could right. say Okay. I mean, that's, to me, that's a pretty cool, especially with other people having it that has been there. Um, for me, that's, that's almost kind of a validation type of thing. Something has happened there, I think. Yeah. Cause I, like I say, I never felt never. And I, the thing that it caught me, it's very subtle, very, it's not something that you can go, okay, I know what's going on here. I had to back away from it before I realized these are not my feelings. These are somebody else's feelings. So, yeah, I cannot, yeah. And I also understand why that would be hard to validate through. You would have to know the person's name because it's not going to make headlines. It's not going to be in the history or anything like that. And if his name got lost in history, it would be hard to go back and figure it out. Yeah, especially, I mean, the only way you'd be able to find out once you had a name, you can maybe figure out era, and then you can figure out from there what exactly happened. So without a name, and again, up there, you can't really get good EVPs. You're getting the ocean sounds, you're getting bird sounds, you're getting wind and everything else. You, you're you not going to get any good EVPs. But what we can tell people is if you do Dunkirk Lighthouse, go to the top of the lighthouse um, keep yourself open and just see what you feel. Yeah. Now, big question is, is if you had could only take in one piece of equipment to Dunkirk Lighthouse, what would it be? This one was um, a little unusual, but I'd say myself was the best piece of equipment. Okay. Laura, you? Well, I won't say myself since Jackie already said it. So for me, I guess it would be the full spectrum camera. That that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, to be able to match it to what Jackie was, you know, experiencing in that hallway. Okay. For me, I know overall, I for me, what gave me the chills was the REM pod going off uh, along with the light bulb. I'm gonna have to kind of put those on equal terms. It was just really, really cool to have interaction happening as we were asking questions. It was almost like something, again, a kid was playing with us back and forth while Laura was in the kitchen and I was in the dining room. She would ask a question. You'd, you'd almost see it happen in the kitchen. And then I would ask a question and it would come back across and it would happen. So they were trying to talk to us, but I don't think they knew how. All right. And then with those pieces of equipment... Uh, and, and of course, Jackie's, you know, feelings, I think that Dunkirk Lighthouse was a great ghost hunt.
I would call it a safe ghost hunt. What what would you guys say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And safe meaning that again, that we haven't, we didn't find anything malicious or uh, anything that wants to attack anybody or bite anybody or scratch or anything like that. Um, I do know that all proceeds, Jackie, you know more about this than I do, goes back to Dunkirk, correct? Yeah, it goes back to the lighthouse to uh, help with the restoration and the preservation of the lighthouse and the uh, museum. And overall, I mean, Dunkirk was an amazing place. Just, you know, cool to be seeing the history of the lighthouse as you walk through it and in it. Uh, along with on the property itself, you know, they have other pieces uh, for the veterans uh, museum. They have, you know, I think it was like a piece of a plane there. They have another piece of a lighthouse that's on there that ended up getting torn down. They have one of the old ships, um, an anchor, which just amazed me that it's essentially pretty much as tall as I am. Yeah. <laughs> and they have one of those uh, beacon lighthouses there too, the older beacon lighthouse. The beacon style. Uh, and along with that, with Dunkirk, you know, going anything that goes toward ghost hunting, if you pay for it, goes back to the lighthouse itself. They also have a movie out. Uh, it's called uh, Widow's Widow's Point. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, and all the rentals of that goes back to the lighthouse, also. So that's also another really cool thing that can be. That's the good thing about ghost hunting is essentially most of the places you are helping preserve history. Yeah. Well, and with this ghost hunt, I would definitely, you know, you know, we have, I have kids and I would bring them with me on this ghost hunt. I don't think any of them would have been afraid. I think they would have had fun. Yeah. Even if you don't like the ghost hunt, you should totally go there because the history is just absolutely amazing. But make sure you go at sunset and you start at the top. Yeah. Because that sun, that, that sun going down behind the lake was a really, really cool thing. Yeah. I had tears in my eyes the first time I looked at it when I got up there. That is how overwhelming the beauty is and watching the lights come on in canada because that's how far you can see is uh the next land you see when you're looking that way is canada yep you can uh, it was the lights from the turbines yep. the wind turbines that you yep. can see over there was pretty and cool. having an eagle fly over a place that separates another country for you is once in a lifetime i don't know that you all can catch that but you should try i would agree with that all right. Well, this has been Not Just Ghost Stories. And we have been your host, Josh. Jackie. And Laura. And uh, we'd be happy to hear from you. Along, we're going to post uh, EVPs and uh, pictures online at all of our social media platforms at Not Just Ghost Stories. Thanks. <laughs>